subtle, but I think that you grasp the meaning intended. I can be a friend to you, I won't pretend I'm not interested in breaking your heart. It's not love, no, it's nothing like that. I leave that to a case like him. Oh, he's such a delicate thing. Now it's such a fragile thing. That we have I should be suspended from class I don't know my elbow from my ass I should be suspended from class CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Ink Stud Show, the radio show where we talk about what, Marielle? Comics. Comics. Um, it's a little later starting than normal. Uh, it's about eight past two. Shut up. Um, just saying. Uh, today's guest, uh, I should have him there, um, is Jillian Tamaki. Uh, she has a couple of books out. First one uh, was Gilded Lilies from conundrum a fine publishing outfit out of montreal that has a soft spot in my heart right now and skim the multiple award-winning 
uh, collaboration with her cousin Mariko Tamaki, author extraordinaire out of Toronto. Um, Jillian, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. There we got you there. Um, so I guess we'll start out with your background um, history and how you got into because Skim wasn't your first comic project, from what I can tell after reading Gilded Lilies, or was it? Um, it's hard to sort of say what, how it all started, because that kind of started all at once in a weird way. Like, a, Skim started out as a small, mm-hmm. um, t- I assume I'm talking to you, going to bring up my Canadian accent. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> which, is, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, because when we started Skim, you know, I guess in 2004, that was when I also started doing little you know, odds and ends comics that ended up in Gilded Lilies. I'm kind of not sure where, what started what, but um, Skim, I would say, was my first sort of concentrated thing, for sure. Did you have an interest in comics beforehand? Um, I had, I developed the interest in, when I was in school, I went to ACAD, um, and I graduated from the design program, which was half illustration. ACAD in is... The Alberta College of Art and Design okay. in Calgary. Sorry. Just and uh, so I had an interest in it um, when I was in school, but I mean before that, I, I was you know I was like I was just like no you know I never read a lot of comics when I was a kid, but then I totally realized that that was not true and that I had read like so many Archie comics. <laughs> Well, I was like a kid, like my sister, it was more my sister, my sister was obsessed with Archie comics, and she had them all in her room, like, organized by color, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I read so many Archie comics, and I don't know if that, you know, what influence that has, <laughs> I mean, it must, it must have some influence, but, um, but I, I did actually read a lot of comics when I was a kid, just not sort of anything... I don't know how much more intellectual superhero comics would be, but, you know. They're, they're not. At least yeah. with Archie, it's very honest. You know what you're getting into. Oh, it's very familiar, you know? <laughs> and Dan De- have any big surprises, but... <laughs> Dan DiCarlo is a marvelous illustrator. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. My girlfriend's trying to talk me into letting her uh, do our uh, bookshelves all by color. Mm-hmm. Have it all organized by color. I people that do that. I have friends that do that. It it yeah. I don't think I can do it. I'm no, no. Maybe it's my own neurosis that won't let it happen. <laughs> but I think uh, I don't know. I like knowing exactly where everything is and everything has a place. Oh, well, it's very personal how one chooses to organize a bookshelf. It is, it is, and it's a it's a frightening addiction. <laughs> <laughs> like everything's gotta go right. No, that's not right. And yeah, spend hours yeah, on it yeah. moving it. And yeah, I have a book problem. I'm moving next week, and it's gonna be like the books will be the pain in the butt. Well, what was your uh, your interest in illustration pulling you into into art school? Um, I went to Queen's University in Kingston um, for their fine arts program. You know, not really knowing how I, I was interested in, I've always been interested in art history. I mean, maybe even more so than making art. I was interested in art history um, when I was a, a kid. And I was, you know, I was always at the library looking at 
uh, art books and reading about artists and stuff like that. So that's sort of what brought me to Queens to do fine art and art history. And then um, I kind of was like, you know what? I, I don't know that being an artist is my calling in life. I want to be a designer because I want to actually make money. My dad's a, an accountant, so a very <laughs> you like instilled some you know, practical sense in me. Um, so I went to uh, ACAD, the Alberta College of Art and Design, to do their design program, and I was not really aware that this program was, you know, it was straight out of the 70s almost. <laughs> I don't think the curriculum has changed. So it was half illustration, half design, and they didn't even really know that when I entered the program, but um, that was great, and I, but I, and I naturally sort of gravitated to the illustration side of it, and then by the end I was like, yeah, I'm going to see if I can make the uh, the illustration thing um, fly or whatever. It, and so that's how it came about. Was the design stuff like the old school non-computer techniques? Yeah, like it, for the first two years, I would say. I mean, we were cutting letters out of like colored paper. Like it was... <laughs> Which is great. I mean, really, I don't. I think the computer is just a tool, and I. I mean, I have that attitude towards illustration too, and I think that it is great. I mean, you really have to make some decisions if you're making if you're <laughs> cutting the stupid things out of paper. Now you just can't be willy nilly about that. You have yeah. to have to learn how to draw and um, conceptualize on paper and stuff and you just not, can't throw it all on the computer and just like, yeah, I'll figure it out later. You know? It can give you that sense of how the work you put in has a little more sense of importance where if you spent time cutting out these letters, you want the letters to look exactly a certain way where with the computer you just kind of pick the font that's done for you. And yeah, I think that, that it, it builds your analytical skills to, be, to have to work things out um, thoroughly before yeah, before noodling. I just think that like the computers just really makes noodling easy and that can sometimes be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but a fun road to go down nonetheless. Mm, it's like a rabbit hole. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so how long had you been doing kind of ill or I guess when you started going into illustration work, let's start with that. Um mm-hmm. what was the kind of style and genre you were pulled to? Uh, when I first graduated, I actually worked at a video game company, Bioware, in um, in Edmonton, doing, um, and they did, like, the, the Star Wars video games and stuff like that. And so I was doing character work there for two years and moonlighting, freelancing uh, illustration. And, you know, it's interesting that uh, I find that my work always, you sort of asked what I was doing and what, you know, stylistically at that time. I find that um, it sort of, gets pushed and pulled, but I always come back to the same spot in a weird way, which is, you know, very figurative drawing-based and always trying to strip away mm-hmm. uh, the computer um, and make it uh, almost simplify. And I feel like, like I said, you can get really carried away with the finish and the surface, but I I try to resist and, and keep it um, quite simple. And I feel like that's where I started, like the breakthroughs I made in school. They don't look terribly different from what I do now, which is, you know, like I said, very figurative, very narrative, um, influenced by, you know, more classic illustration or comics or graphic novels or whatever you want to call them. Um, 
So, uh, so I don't I would say it was totally different. I mean, when I was in school, I was doing huge oil paintings. I don't do that anymore. But <laughs> that's definitely not design work. And no, not not so applicable. But. Who were your uh, your artistic interests at that time? Um, I would say that my artistic interests were. I mean, um, Tomer Hanuka kind of blew my mind yeah. like, when I saw his stuff when I was in school. It was interesting because I, I've taught at Parsons and there's the kids now are just, they're so, they know what's going on. They know what's cool. And they're on, you know, these, all these illustration websites that have tro- tro- um, popped up drawn and illustration window and stuff like that. And we were just so not like, <laughs> like informed or knew what was going on or what was happening in New York. Like we so like we, we're very clueless. My husband, Sam Weber, is also a very successful illustrator. Uh, he's in the program, too. And we were, we we're just like, wow, we don't know anything. Um, but occasionally we did look at, like, a print magazine, <laughs> Communication <laughs> Arts. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I discovered Tomer's work, that kind of, like, really rocked my world. But um, I was also, like I said, always influenced by fine art stuff. And I was I really loved the work of um Expressionist. I still do. Um, George Grosch and uh, Max Beckman and stuff like that. Um, so that was definitely um, an influence uh, in school, especially towards the end. That was something I was curious about because I'm looking through the work in Gilded Lilies and the the figure character drawings. Like Skim, it's it's a very narrative style, but the characters in Gilded Lilies have this like kind of odd, almost Dave Cooper esque kind of mutated aspect to them. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I just feel like I don't do that so much anymore. I feel like that maybe maybe that was a maybe a bit self conscious. Um, but but yeah, people have said that to me. It's like, oh, you draw such ugly people. So cool. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really think that I draw these people. Well, I don't want to say. And skim, like, being like, yeah, they're all so pretty ugly. And I'm like, uh, that was not the intention, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they're just not, like, cute anime girls or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely some of the George Grosch influence. On, I mean, he that was that was intentional in his case. But, um, yeah, I think it, that, that's not where that came from, perhaps. Yeah, it, you see, I I didn't think of it more. I didn't think of it as ugly as more stylized. Yeah, yeah. And and that's where I've kind of felt like you're with Skim. It's it's very narrative based. There's a story to mm-hmm. it, and there's mm-hmm. character development, and you're going with these characters. And it 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 is a you know a work in itself. Where I kind of felt like looking at the work in there, it was just more just whatever you're drawing and kind of more fluid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the st- like you know, my work has always been character based. Mm-hmm. Now, Gilda Lilies, you also uh, part of the work is the, um, I guess, the scroll in it, mm-hmm. kind of odd scroll esque. Tell me about that piece, the uh, the tape mines. Um, I uh, I was curious. I mean, just playing with form. I'm always sort of. I'm, you know, pretty interested in sequential form, like the form of things. And uh, I think, I, I mean, I'm so influenced by what I see. Like, I think I had just seen some um, Chinese scrolls at, like, the Met Museum. Yeah. 
which, you know, are interesting because, you know, you'll have a character repeated and, and stuff like that, but it's not, it's, so it's sequential, but it's not broken down into panels. So, I mean, I, that was just sort of an experiment of, like, seeing if I could do a narrative um, uh, in that way, uh, sort of like a Dickens tale or whatever. I mean, I don't know that anybody can follow it, really, but you know, it's just, uh, I feel like there's one thing in my uh, personality, I'm not afraid to well i've seen scroll like uh rebecca dart's rabbit head was originally a scroll Mm -hmm. and and it's quite interesting the way that works which is how you there's no stop to it and i think that's the maybe the part that doesn't work so well in in that format in the book where it doesn't have that continuous following Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no it's um it it, it, you see that why panels were invented yeah (laughs) And why they're effective and whatnot, but um, I mean, it's an experiment. It's just uh, an experimental type of comic. I think that I'm, I think I'm not consciously, but I think I'm moving away from maybe more expen- experimental stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's a real challenge to do narrative, solid storytelling. I think that that's a real challenge to be earnest and like real and emotional. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. To 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 be able to get that kind of yeah, more I think we're just like really honesty. cloaked in artiness and irony and like I do stupid stuff on my blog too, but you know, um, to actually have like a an earnest story is um, just really hard to do. And I admire the people that can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what is some recent stuff that's kind of as you jump more into comics and kind of changing how you are viewing comics going stepping away from this abstract fluid um you know what i read recently i just started uh reading um like the drifting classroom like i'm really into horror manga like yeah <laughs> which is i mean it's kind of hard to find some of the stuff like which is a shame but uh like I love the the last thing kind of like blew my head off was the um the cat eyed boy stuff. Um, I just really thought that that was pretty amazing. Um, Rutu Modan is really a fan yeah. of her work, and uh, the um, trying. I'm just like looking at my book. And, <laughs> I mean, I still do love the crazy stuff. The the Yokoyama um, travel. Even I mean, that's a those are really abstract, strange comics, and I still love them. I, you know, I love uh, Michelle Ragabliotti. I mean, yeah, that's really um, he's a Cana- what I would love to be able to do one day. <laughs> because, uh, like, I think he's a Canadian treasure in in his mm-hmm. cartoon skills. And it's like I read so many autobio comics, and like they're either you know everything's miserably depressing or if it's uplifting stuff it's really saccharine and fake and yeah yeah um, with him it's just such an honest i mean he's dealing with different issues and just telling a really great story that mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. just want to read more yeah no i agree i just uh i i love um his narrative style and the way he like composes the story it's just it's just solid you know and i'm kind of surprised that he's not sort of a bigger name Maybe yeah, maybe it's just outside of Canada, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I think um, maybe his <laughs> next book. I- I'm really surprised that Paul Goes Fishing didn't 
get as much attention as it deserved. Yeah, uh, like, like me too, completely. I think completely. it's one of the better things that's come out of Canada for a while, as long you know, as well as uh, good old skim. <laughs> good old skim. skim. What a what a wild ride. Indeed, I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna play a quick song break, and maybe we'll start jumping into uh, a little bit of the story of skim. Okay. Okay. So, uh, any particular track you want to hear? Uh, nope. Okay, I'm gonna play this. Any of them? <laughs> I'm gonna play the Susie. I think that sounds it. good. Okay, we'll be right back. Inkstead, CITR 101.9 FM, and I'm chatting with Jillian Tamaki.
2019 Scenic Drive, every Friday morning, 10 a.m. till noon, CITR. CITR 101.9 FM, we are back. I got you there, Jillian. Hello, yes. Hello! Welcome back <laughs> to the Ink Studs. Um, so we're just, uh, we've been chatting comics, and I guess uh, now is a better time than ever to jump into Skim. Um, last December, I think it was in November, I talked to Mariko, the writer of the mm-hmm. book, for, for folks to to check it out um she came and we chatted a bunch about the the writing process and uh that and her other book uh amico superstar um but now we can take the other side the illustration process <laughs> the, the flip side the 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 stuff that people notice more often i guess is the yeah what they kind of the first what kind of hits them yeah it's all about the art um, that's why it's comics. If it was a, <laughs> if it wasn't about the art, it would be a book show. Comics. Yeah. Yep. So earlier we were talking about the more um, kind of, or I was mentioning the the different style in Gilded Lilies. Now tell me about the style developed for Skim. Um, how it developed? Yeah. Uh, it. I feel like it kind of like didn't develop in any sort of conscious way, like. I feel like I've heard a lot of um, when people are describing the art, they're saying, oh, it's like woodblock printing and brushes. Woodblock? And I'm just like, I don't know how things can be a woodblock print and brushy Asian art at the same time, but um, okay. (laughs) I would Um, never get woodblock. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Like, there's and um, too many I don't know. That was certainly not conscious. Like, that was not like I'm doing. I'm an Asian person. I'm doing an Asian <laughs> character. Like, I'm going to make you all Asian. You like, I, I just uh, that was not uh, in that way. The art was not developed um, for that meaning, um, and it, it's never really um, entered my mind to copy that style it's it, i mean that's one of my things i like to look at occasionally <laughs> but um i wouldn't say that the art in skim is supposed to can it's just sort of a way i felt it was appropriate for the content and what is comfortable for me because i i was i actually realized um the other day i looked back at my emails that i only had about four months to do the final art things so um, it was uh, I did a, a spread a day from pencils to inks to scanning it in and doing the separation and stuff so it was more a necessity of doing it really quickly I mean that's sort of my shorthand that's pretty um, amazing that would be the main driver of the style of it um, <laughs> was the speed in which it needed to be finished I guess there's there is uh, I'm just looking through right now there is a lot of uh big full spreads that you don't necessarily see as much later in the book. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never even, like, wh- how far were you into it when you all of a sudden had a a, a big deadline? Uh, well, I knew that um, they, they're very generous with the timeline, and I, I think it was just like, I'm going to meet, because I, I'm an editorial illustrator for, you know, most of the time, so I, I just don't miss deadlines. It's just not something I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I need to finish this all by... And so I jumped around. Like, I didn't start at the beginning and then 
uh, you know, go to the, you know, second page, third page. It sort of jumped around and, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, um, uh, what was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, d- let's, let's do a little process talk. Um, what kind of brushes and pens were you using? Uh, I just used the, a brush pen, the, just... pen, the cheapo Japanese Pentel brush pen that um, you can find them a lot of places, not not everywhere, but um, they're very finicky and they splash all over the place. But I sort of I do most of my editorial stuff with them too, so it's almost like running a, with a pencil to me now. And that was I use that completely um, all through Skim, so I, there's no real other tool that I use. Um, but it's all over done over a light box, um, almost like a silkscreen. I guess you could technically silkscreen those those um, pictures if you wanted to. It's just the one gray separation. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be two layers then, or you could do two layers. On. Yeah, there, I mean there was some white on top of on top of it after, but you know. Uh, very, very, very simple, and again, it, uh, sort of a survival tactic <laughs> more than anything else. Just sort of whipping through them. Is silkscreen an interest, or is it just kind of something you throw out there? Is silkscreen? Did you say? Yeah, doing silkscreen work. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I took a course. Um, uh, I moved to New York in 2005, and then uh, I took a course. I think within the year or two, the first years that I was here uh, with David Sandlin at SVA a silk screening course and it totally changed the way that I work like uh, it was really um, I don't do a lot I don't do any of it now but I, I was for a good semester there I was in the silk screen studio a lot just doing prints and some of them ended up in that Gilded Lilies book oh, okay um, yeah so uh, so it was a huge influence on me and um, sort of got me like boxing and stuff like that and uh, so that definitely fed into uh, every sort of aspect of my work now. Like when you're doing the social screen, were you doing direct on the photo emulsion, or were you just doing the photocopy over the? Uh, I was. I think I was doing photocopy, and then maybe a bit of both. You know, um, onto the transparencies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Um, it's oh, yeah, from... yeah. Sorry. Yeah, not not on the emulsion. Just no. uh, just through with the uh, light you know, transfer or whatever. Old school technology. That's what I love about Silkscreen. It's just so <laughs> hands on and you're like so much to it. Like uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I just love, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Like I'm not big. People have heard me complain at nauseam about the whole G clay print process. It's just, it doesn't excite me the same, you know? It's Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do occasionally, if some people really want prints on my illustrations, I will do an inkjet print for them. Because I have a really good printer, but it's yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> it's it's not <laughs> exciting. Now, the process of doing um, skim. How detailed was the work that uh, Mariko gave you? Uh, it was um, it was sort of I would liken it to like a skeleton kind of, or you know, the foundation of a house or something like that. Like it was, she uh, mostly. Not mostly, but she she's familiar with, well, she's a novelist, but she's yeah. done a lot of uh, plays as well. And it was written more like a play um, than, 
any sort of frame-by-frame description. Uh, So it was mostly dialogue. Um, There were some visual cues as to maybe where they were or... um, or, or you know, what they were looking at, or something like that. But uh, it was great. I mean, in that way, it I could make it my own, you know, and bring my own details and my own narratives and and um, personality and everything else to it. And she was great with it. Like it was really a collaboration um, of both of our um, uh, experiences and stuff like that. It was very open what she gave me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting. Like I've read Skim uh, last year, and um, you know, really enjoyed and loved it. And then reading Gilded Lilies recently, and your odd little thing—it was this like little three-page thing about your own high school experience mm-hmm. with the <laughs> illustrations. Like, was that something that came out of that time of working on Skim? Um, are you talking like, did that thing in Gilda Lilies come out of working on Skim? Yeah. But- uh, no, you know, I, it's sad, but I guess like high school is something I think about. <laughs> 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 Not a lot, hopefully, but I mean, it's sort of, <laughs> it was a really formative time or whatever, and it, I'm, I guess I'm making hay. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I know it's just sort of an interesting time, and I've done other YA books. I did one with Hiromi Goto, uh, who's a Vancouver writer, um, mm. and it's you know a YA book about sort of angst and adventure and stuff like that. So I don't know. I guess somehow my art uh, translates well to that time. I don't know. <laughs> You're you come to Vancouver quite regularly, or you did for a while, right? I'd did heard. I go uh, to Vancouver? Yeah. No, I went, you know, I haven't not, I grew up in Calgary, and I never really went to Vancouver that much, <laughs> but I was there for the Powell Street Festival, uh, I think, in 2007 or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I know uh, Colin, the sometimes co-host on here, mentioned talking, I think, to you at that festival. Yeah, so. yeah, so we were there that uh, for that, um, but I, uh, I haven't actually spent that much time out there. I, and I just yeah. it was maybe because I saw the the Strathcona sketchbook page. In, yeah, in uh, Strathcona is actually um, was uh, in Edmonton. Well. <laughs> a lot of those, a lot of those, um, like well, there's that City of Champions comic, which is about like the weird, yeah, weirdness that it's like Edmonton. I just found like Edmonton be. I mean, I actually really enjoyed living there. Um, but it's very, it's a very strange place, and I was kind of like very interested in it when I was living there. And Strathcona is a uh, part of Edmonton. See, I don't know uh, probably- Alberta very well. <laughs> Growing up in yeah. Vancouver, you just stay away from the other side of the Rockies. Yeah, just do not go there. I know <laughs> uh, there's parts of it I miss terribly. It must be a, a, a good, you know, coming from there, being in New York. It's a definitely different whole cultural experience well yeah it's uh it's a it's less maybe cultural and more just lifestyle like no. a complete lifestyle change to move down here um you just i mean there's no nature <laughs> like <laughs> the nature that is is like manicured planned victorian nature um so i think that that's maybe why there's more nature in my 
comics. Like I kind of made skim about the seasons and passing time and nature and stuff like that too. I don't know if that's my, you know, Canadian. Canadiana. Or <laughs> something. I don't, I don't know. One morning with some pancake with some maple syrup and a bacon on the side, just reminding you of where you come from. <laughs> yeah. Poutine. Right. <laughs> On that note, um, part of the Canadiana experience is you were, uh, you've received much uh, Canadian acclaim, including the Doug Wright Award, and I uh, showed up for that, um, sat and watched the whole thing unfold with the lovely um, kind of speech, two-minute speech by Bob Ray, former Premier of BC, and uh, I'm going to play that for everyone to hear. Um, It was really... I, I was howling with laughter. I don't know. Maybe it was inappropriate <laughs> laughter. It just felt really odd. So I think uh, we'll it felt p- like I was watching the news, and like the news was talking to me. Like it was, it was very. Yeah. I was very touched that he was, you know, say that that he would do it. It was very, it was very strange. Like it was um, sur- not strange. I mean, surreal. Like it was surreal. Yeah, it was very surreal. That was the whole point. It was like. You know, seeing a political figurehead talking about this yeah. teen lesbian comic book. It was Yeah, and like telling his friends and well let, you'll hear. Let, yeah, let's let everyone hear. We'll be right back. Inkstud CITR one oh one point nine FM. Hi, it's Bob Ray. I'm i I was a judge this year for the Doug Wright Awards and I'm very sorry that I can't be there in person. I very much would have liked to be. I was really surprised to be asked to be a judge and and uh wasn't not, I'm hardly an expert in this area, but but I I must say I really really enjoyed it. I've, I've always had a lifelong interest in reading and and uh, have always been interested in cartoons. So I, it it sort of seemed like a a good idea when I was asked very kindly by folks to to be one of the judges. I just want to say to to, to Mariko and to Jillian uh, that Skim is a is a wonderful wonderful book. Uh, it opened up my eyes to a to a whole new world of of uh, of of presenting a, a story. Uh, it's splendidly uh, told. It's a wonderful sort of coming of age story about uh, about uh, kids in high school. But it's also the drawings are just are just splendid, and the way the drawings and the uh, and the story come together is uh, makes this a real a real work of art. And uh, I, I'm so proud of. Uh, of your having been able to do this, and I want to offer uh, both of you my warmest congratulations uh, to say how pleased I've I've been to be a to be a judge, and also to say how proud I am to have this book in my in my library and to have it available. I show it to quite a few of my sixty something friends, and uh, they say, "Well, what's it? It's a cartoon." But I say, "Well, it, it's a great it's a great open your eyes and open." Open up to 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 what's going on, to the story that's being told, and and to the to the to the artwork, which is just so so splendid. It's such a wonderfully put together project. It's wonderful that both of you have been able to work together in collaboration on this, and I'm very very uh, proud of both of you, and very proud to be a part of the of the awards this year. And I'm very sorry once again that I can't be there in person. Warmest congratulations to to both of you, and. Uh, this book will go far and you will go far and we congratulate you for it. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Can't argue with that. I was trying to think, what's the catchphrase to have on the back of the book from that? It's the... I'm proud of you. 
Yeah, you're in my library. I love it. <laughs> it was so cool. That was, you know what? Those awards were so much fun, and so like they did those animations. Yeah, the animations. I loved that. I was just like, the great awards. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I was just. I was very entertained. <laughs> I, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, Don McKellar, uh, Canadian uh, icon, was the host. And, uh, you know, that's what you want to see at a comic thing. You know, and they people drew are in the comic. It was crazy. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, for me, a CBC junkie, this was, like, very exciting to have. Uh, he has that show, The Vinyl Cafe on CBC. I was like, oh, my God, the radio is talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it makes you proud to be a Canadian. Yeah, it was it was Those are celebrities, man. <laughs> These are real people. <laughs> they don't even do comic book movies. Was, uh... <laughs> and I I think that's a good nod for everyone to kind of understand that comics can be looked at beyond uh, Hollywoodisms and just as literature in itself. Yeah, not as a conduit to a movie. <laughs> Which I'm sure you've gotten lots of... So when's the movie coming out? Uh, yeah, but, you know, I don't mm. know that it's all that far coming, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard some dispiriting things that, you know, there's no way that it could be made because it's about an Asian girl who's overweight. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's sort of... Um, I mean, Prince of Persia is doesn't have a Middle Eastern guy. Yeah, I don't know. I tried reading that comic. I got about ten pages in. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a disappointing uh, effort from a otherwise excellent company. Mm, mm. Now I've heard you're working on a comic yourself right now, through somewhere. Um, I. I am working on little stories okay. that hopefully will find their way into something. But uh, I feel like I just kind of want to practice for yeah. a bit, you know? And it's been kind of nice to have uh, not a huge looming project, because uh, I do have to make money, so <laughs> I have to do illustration stuff, too, and it just ends up being very, very hectic and crazy. Um, so it's been nice to sort of um, do smaller, bite-sized things and play with the medium, and, and hopefully they'll get collected somewhere. What kind <laughs> of uh, stories have you been doing? I know some of them are on your website, on your sketch yeah, blog. Yeah, uh, they're very navel-gazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just I did uh, well. I did one about my mom and uh, how she really likes entering contests. Like she loves, like she always entered us in like coloring contests and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, like, me and my sister, we were kids, and, um... The great Albertan. She like, so much stuff. She wins, like, trips and, like, jewelry <laughs> money and, like, TV sets and, like, radios and stuff. Like, she wins, like, a lot of stuff. And so I made a comic. I'm, like, I made a little comic about that, you know, sort of my family and small consequential things i really enjoyed on your website you jillian um in your comic section you have a little 
I guess, two page spread of your about yourself and growing up and stuff that I really, really enjoyed. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was for the uh, Guardian uh, newspaper in uh, England, and they ran it on uh, New Year's Eve or yeah, New Year's Day, one of the two. Anyway. Um, and it was the theme was back to the future, and it was sort of like about like what has happened or what will happen, and so it was sort of like both for me. Like I think it was like, and it was sort of I was kind of like projecting into the future as well, and like what <laughs> like what I'm going to be like in when I'm seventy, which is actually something I think about a lot nowadays because I'm I, I'm turning thirty and the body's starting to give out a little bit. <laughs> So I, I, like, naturally start thinking of, like, what's going to happen um, when I get older, what kind of person I'm going to be, and stuff like that. It all fell apart for me at 25. It was mm, a sad mm. time. The skin loses its elasticity. Yep. And yep. I, I can't eat stacks and stacks of burgers on, uh, you know, yep. a consequence. Yep. And, and the gray hair. It gets all sort of, I mean, I'm not one of those people that, you know, Oh, oh God! Like I'm gonna have to start ramping up my maintenance or whatever. But you know, it's just like really crazy. You're just like, wow, I'm not a young person anymore. No. Like how interesting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sad now. <laughs> Go natural. Yeah. I say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one illustration piece that uh you did in a book that i really really loved uh the beast book two the tanuki oh, yeah. tell me about that little guy he has ginormous uh, guy. balls uh he's a tanuki which is um uh if you remember in mario 3 there's like the tanuki suit yes that you can put on yes and you can fly and whatnot and it's you know, it's really cute. Um, so he is, I mean, I don't know a ton about Japanese mythology or anything. My parent, my Japanese side of my family has been in Canada since like 1900. But, um, <laughs> so I'm not, unfortunately not more well-versed in the language and culture and stuff like that. But, um, I do love Japanese mythology. And so they asked me to, you know, participate in that book. And I knew I wanted to do like a Japanese myth. Uh, and so he's, he's like a little trickster, foxy raccoon dog. Um, and it's really cool because his thing is, I mean, he's sort of a trickster personality, but the thing is that he's got like a huge scrotum. It's immense. Like, no, like that picture is very tame compared to, if you look at old woodblock prints from like in the 1800s, they're like using their scrotums as boats and like... <laughs> Picnic. And like they're like putting out fires with them, and like building houses with them, and like tents, and like using them as drums. Like it's like you just really have to look at them to believe them. They're so outrageous, and I love it. I just like love that like people were drawing pictures like that, and you know when in like Europe they were, you know, stately. <laughs> people on thrones or whatever. Like, it's just, like, so reverent and hilarious and, like, funny. Um, these, like, old woodblock prints of, like, little fantasy characters. Ginormous dog balls. Yeah, and they're, like, hairy, 
and like wrinkled and stuff. Like I love it. It's so funny. I mean, so it actually look makes the one that I drew pretty pretty tame. And it, that's insane to know that they went and took that character for Mario three. Yeah. Like, well, you actually um, you see the Tanuki um, outside of restaurants a lot, and for example, there's a place in New York City on St. Mark's Place. It's um, the one, well, I don't even know the name of the, the restaurant. It's got a little um, bubblegum machine, or not bubblegum, uh, cotton candy machine outside the front. So I think that people know that area. They'll know which one I'm talking about. But there's a giant dog uh, sculpture-looking thing, and it's a tanuki. And it's, I mean, it's got the scrotum. It's right there, but it's very stylized. So <laughs> I don't think people know, like, what it is. But it, it's, uh, it's outside of a lot of, I think it's a good luck charm. <laughs> I think that's a new project someone has to take on of uh, photographing yeah. the Tanukis of the world. Yeah, yeah, Google, 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 it up. Google image search Tanuki. There we go, yeah, folks. T A N U K I. Yeah, and it can change. It's like a shape shifter. It can change into like teapots and stuff, which is one of the reasons like I drew it with like a teapot with a tail. Ah. Uh. A fancy, fancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is a swell book. I recommend folks checking it out. Um, Beast 2. I think we're at the end of our time slot. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Jillian. Thank you. I hope that you're in San Diego right now. No. Oh. I'm in Vancouver. I thought, I'm I thought on... you were. No, no. I'm uh, I'm too broke and poor. <laughs> Mm, yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, as as most people may know, this week is the San Diego Comic Convention, which everyone in comics except for the two of us is at. Oh, and I don't think Mariko's at it either. No, well, we were just in Barcelona, Spain, uh, promoting Scam, and I was just in Florida. So, a lot of traveling. Yeah, and I would rather go to Barcelona than go to San Diego. I mean, what's in San Diego? It's hot. And no mm-hmm. culture. I mean, Barcelona, I mean, it's Barcelona. The food isn't as good as it would be in Barcelona. Exactly. There yeah. we go. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you. And have a swell day there. Yes, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And just so people will remember, uh, Jillian Tamaki, the book is Skim. Check it out. Uh, it's it's really wonderful. I did a course last year in comics, and I made them take that on because every other book was not... Uh, it's uh, good. It was stuff everyone knew. And I'm like, you guys got to check out this book. Check it out, yo. Um, up next is Le French Connection. And um, yeah, next week I'll be talking to Dennis Kitchen. I'll be joined by my good friend James Lloyd. And we'll be chatting about Harvey Kurtzman, one of the most important um, comic folks around. So take a listen. Bye-bye. Thursday, July 30th, the Bookmore Cabaret hosts SSRI's Homecoming Show. Celebrating their North American tour, SSRI's return with Ghost House, Hermetic and Chartu D2. Doors open at 8 for the show at 9. And to sweeten the deal, copies of the freshly repressed Team DP will be on hand. Catch the SSRI's Thursday, July 30th.
So I throw both his back. 